0: Hi again, everybody. It's me, Jr. Mann. Welcome to your Life's Work podcast. How are you? It's been a long four months of a bit of a hiatus. Hiatus. You know, when you move from Southern California to Northeast Ohio, it uh, it's a long process, <laughs> especially with three teenagers and a spiritual direction practice in tow. While you are setting up a retreat space in the retreat center in Medina, Ohio. Uh, on a property that uh, is a 173-year-old farmhouse that needed to that hadn't been cut back in maybe 10 years. <laughs> um, and uh, so that's where we are. I, today I am recording this uh, in the retreat center, the tiny house, the cottage, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, the place that Di and I are really hopefully hoping that you will find some solace and some peace and some connectivity with the divine in. Um, and so people are like, Hey, when can we come retreat at the retreat at Ridgewood? Uh, if you were looking for photos uh, on Instagram, it's at the retreat at Ridgewood. Um, and, uh, you can look at our progress there, but, uh, the retreat center essentially or retreat space is essentially open. We had a retreater here a couple weeks ago who spent, uh, four days with us and we had a great time. Um, so we're, we're kind of, yes, open, like the signs like blinking open. Um, it's just that the tiny house cottage that we're going to put you in isn't going to be officially done until the spring of 2020. But uh, I'll put more up on the website, jrman.com, com. Um, Eventually, I'll have a little page uh, for the retreat at Ridgewood. And then uh, um, if you want to come retreat, you can. We're looking for solo retreaters. Now, we don't mind if a, if a couple wants to come or two people want to come. We can probably accommodate you without a problem in the, in the cottage. But um, the idea, man, is for people to come. Uh, and get their solo retreat on. Get their silence on. Get their vibe on. Get their prayer on. Get their centering prayer on. Get their read on. Get their journaling on, and really take a space where you can um, and just chill and check out. Turn your phone off and and connect with the divine. I've got two point five wooded acres here, and uh, we were gonna have a horse um, in the in the paddock. We redid the paddock. We got a little barn and little paddock, but the horse thing has turned into something else. (laughs) So we'll update everybody on that. Today on the big podcast, though, we're going to talk about your problem. It's your problem is what I'm calling this. Um, And again, hey, I'm a spiritual director. If you need a spiritual director want to know what a spiritual director is, it's jrman.com, jrmahon.com. I'm like a therapist, counselor, MFT, psychologist, psychoanalysis guy on crack. Um, That's what I am. Um, the motto is, uh, I don't fix, I listen. I listen deeply. (laughs) But if you're looking for somebody who can, um, help walk with whatever season of life you're in and whatever circumstances you're in, I'm the guy. Um, and I'd be more than happy to, uh, come alongside you. Uh, jr at jrman.com, jr at jrman.com for more on that. Um, and I can email, you You can also call me. There's a number literally on the, on the website. You call me, I'll, I'll, I'll like actually answer. Um, okay. So it's your problem. So. Over the last four months, and by the way, it's great to be with you all. Those of you who, uh, who, who, who listen with regularity, who, who have been with me on this hiatus, who have asked, hey, when you start and up the podcast, love you all. Hugs and kisses to all your family and friends, and you too. Slide right up on the earphones, and I'll give you a great... All right, good, it's weird. Um, I've titled this one, It's Your Problem. Because at the end of the day, we don't do enough introspection. We, we just don't. We live in a, in a world right now where we can, we can opinionate on anything at a drop of a hat, and it can go all over the place very, very quickly. And usually it's we're pointing the finger, and usually it's somebody else's problem. Or we can read about somebody else's problem. And there's not enough of the introspection that is really needed for a healthy kind of internal dialogue with yourself, a love for yourself, a love with the divine, a divine love in you. Because that's what ignites, at the end of the day, a real good, solid love for yourself. And so this introspection is needed. We need to challenge ourselves in the blame game. We really do. So, like, you know, I'm going to ask you right now because it's super easy to blame others, right? And it's easy to find fault away from ourselves. And it's, it's, it's almost virtually impossible to find people taking responsibility for themselves. And I I don't just simply mean taking responsibility as a way of public apology, because that seems to be the American way, right? The American way is, oh, I effed up, so here's some kind of a statement. Uh, My lawyers put out a statement for why I'm so sorry. Uh, The office of the blah, blah, blah put out a statement for why they're uh, sorry and leaving. It never will happen again. Um, I I, I screwed up and I said the wrong thing on Twitter and two days later, now here's my apology and I've deleted my Twitter account. But again, taking responsibility isn't just simply apology. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But it's also the idea that taking responsibility is a way to really carve out that at the end of the day, your problems are your problems. Your problems are your problems. Your problems really aren't the people that we're blaming. Your problems really aren't the the sister, the brother, the mom, and the dad who are keeping you down, right? Or even the person that may have hurt you deeply and badly. And I'm talking about all kinds of hurt and pain. Because people do some horrible shit. And I know that a lot of you hold on to uh, various different things that people have put on you. And, you know, I'm sorry that there is trauma and pain And hurt in the world. But at the end of the day, we need to take responsibility for what's happening inside of us. So that's your problem. (laughs) And, you know, I don't I don't mean to have that sound cold or harsh, but I do mean to really start getting you to think about the introspection that's needed in the mirror. Um, who right now in your circle are you blaming things on? Who is that person? Who is that institution? Who is that process? What is that process? Where is that process? What is that thing? Is, it, is culture just effing you up? Is is it is it is it the ex boyfriend that you know is populating things on online about you that's screwing up your life? Has somebody ruined your reputation? Has somebody financially ruined you? Did somebody put a trauma into your life that? was just so damn traumatic that you're hanging on to it for years. Who is that? Who is that? What is that? What is that? And, and at the end of the day, are, is there a blame game going on there? I wasn't able to do this, or I'm not able to do this because of that. Because of him, because of her, because of that place. You know, as a spiritual director, I deal with a lot of people that are... uh particularly in the generation that sits under me. And I don't know what the hell that is. Millennials, I suppose, or generation Y, X, whatever. A lot of people that grew up in the 80s under the purity culture of church, right? And so I deal with a lot of people that look back at the church and they're pissed because somebody said, keep it zipped up until you get married. Deny the the body until your wedding night and then have at it. And people are pissed, man. And, 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 and this is real. It's not not real. The, the anger and the frustration and the abuse of that type of theology is real. So it really happened. It didn't, didn't not happen. But again, in that framework, we have to be able to take responsibility for how it is we understand it now, today. And are we going to let the abuses of the past continue to rule us? And taking responsibility for that means we check ourselves in the mirror. And checking yourself in the mirror is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual transformation thing. It's a thing that a guy named Paul in the Bible uh, does very often. Uh, Paul in the Bible says, hey man, you've got a choice. You can feed the flesh. In other words, you can, you can feed the stuff that just gets you off a little bit. Uh, or you can feed the spirit. Uh, you can serve love or you can serve the ego. But either way, you got to take responsibility for what happens. Um, so who is that person, who is that thing, who is that place? And I guarantee you, um, that hurt is real, right? I mean, you know this. Pain and in and and hurt are real. You're not going to find a way around it in life. You're gonna have to in some capacity learn to take responsibility and manage the hurts and the pains, particularly the people that do them to you. Um, you're 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 gonna have to. But the problems will always be your problems at the end of the day. That's what they are. I wrote a book in, in 2000-something called Starving Jesus. And in the book, I talk about my relationship with my dad, my biological father, and about how jacked up it was for many, many years, and how I put my current circumstances at that time in his ball field. Like, if, if that, that guy did this to me, and that's why I'm like this. And it wasn't until I really started to hear myself like really resonate, like I heard those sentences deep in me that I started questioning it, you know, because my because I walked away from my dad, my, my dad walked away from me. And, and so he wasn't around me. So years went by where he wasn't around me and I wasn't around him. But yet somehow. Somehow he was still in me. That's me. That's my stuff. That's my stuff that I got to clear away. The two of us came back to the table and reconciled uh, after years and years and years of that kind of movement. But it was my work that got me into the forgiveness, into the mercy and the grace and the empathetic and the unit of consciousness that it took to understand that my dad was just like me. And I'm just like him. And at the end of the day, I needed to take responsibility for the hurt and the pain and the anguish um, that, that, that may have been heaped on me, quite frankly, but I still needed to deal with it in the mirror. Um, So, yes, people do some incredibly painful things, and you get it. And what's your circumstance? So that person, that place, or that thing that you're blaming your current circumstances on, right? What happened to you? So who who are these people, and what happened to you? And where are you at now? And what is the actual sentence of blame that you have? I can't go forward because I've got a a good friend of mine that I've known for years and years and years and years and years and years. and years. And, And this guy... Has a hard time, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I'll talk about it. It's okay. He has a hard time moving forward because the majority of his problems are somebody else's. If, if it wasn't for the system, if it if it wasn't for the, you know, the, the you know the first marriage, if it wasn't for you know my kids wanting this, or you know, I mean, there's an excuse for everything that he does, based on somebody else. And and I myself have embodied that same kind of energy. And I know you are not absent of that either. So today is a hard one to be able to look in the mirror and to really understand. So who is that person and what happened? And what currently is your sentence of blame? What currently is your sentence of blame? Um, And again, I say it with all due respect to people who have had heinous things happen to them. Whether it is rape, violent crime... The B- betrayal of any kind, like I say it with all due respect, but again, there's a mirroring that needs to happen, an introspection that needs to happen, a letting go of people, places and things as an attachment in any way has to surface and be recognized in order to move on, in order to start forgiving and really shedding the pounds of blame that happen in our lives that stop us from moving forward. There's a great saying in Alcoholics Anonymous. Not that I know anything about that. The, the saying is, um, there are those who are constitutionally, and this is, when, this is when people are talking about people who have a hard time getting over the addiction, have a hard time surfacing in the truth. And the saying says, there are those who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. So part of the wisdom there is there are some people, a few people out there that just can't can't be honest with themselves. They can't bring themselves to the mirror enough to start taking responsibility for really what's happening inside of them as a result of X, Y, and Z. So I want you to ask yourself that. Are you capable of being honest with yourself? Are you capable of stopping yourself long enough and looking at yourself deeply enough with whatever faith you hold, with whatever, whatever wisdom tradition you bring to the table and be able to deep dive just long enough to see how the current situation in blame is keeping your ass glued to the seat with whatever it is you're doing. And maybe it's just a relationship fragment, right? Maybe it's just relationship. Maybe it's a career thing. Maybe it's a spiritual thing. Maybe it's you just liking yourself. We're not going to change anyone, for the record. Like, you're not changing anybody. The only person, again, you've heard these things. These are very Oprah things. We've all heard these Oprah things, right? They're all over the place on the Insta. They're all over the place on the, on the interwebs. You want your little quote of the day, you got it. You're not changing anybody. The only person you can change yourself is the person in the mirror, right? Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm, okay. The quicker you get that concept is the quicker you will come to peace. So the quicker you start to really dial in on the fact that you are not going to change another person is the quicker you're going to come to peace. And again, I work with people like this all day long, and I'm telling you, man, it's I can measure. like I can really see people's movement as they really come out of the blame game and really start to stand in front of the mirror. And it's tough as shit. I'm not saying this is easy. This is hard. It's so difficult for me. Because you're listening to a guy who deals with anger problems and ego problems and fear problems. And if you were to call my wife right now, she'd tell tell on me. She'd tell you the truth. Because I tell her, yo, tell the truth about me. What I do for a living, you know, as I walk through seasons with people, It it needs a vulnerability. So if I'm not vulnerable with you this way, then it's just a bunch of bullshit. So that's why I'm like looking at you going, yo, let's check yourself in the mirror. We must learn that, that, the, that the person you think holds your problems is just like you. The person, the place, the thing that you believe is holding your problem and keeping you on that merry-go-round is, is absolutely just like you. We've, we have, to, get in, we have to, to adopt a unitive awareness, a unitive consciousness that says you and I are very similar. Now, I know there's a, a thought, a theory, a philosophy it's like, hey, we're all different. We're all, we're all different. We're all created like snowflakes. Every one of us is different. But I'm telling you, we're all grounded in the same thing. The want and desire for love. You're listening. You got a want and a desire for love. Period. End of story. You can be as tough as nails and you can ignore and walk away from that sentence all you want. But at the end of the day, man, I know for a fact what you want is a desire and a need to be loved. And that, my friends, is where the wheels come off the track a lot. Because sometimes that is marginalized or minimized, or we create mechanisms around that because it can be vulnerably uncomfortable. We can go find it and search it for other things, especially when people hurt us, or situations corral us, or there's abuse in our past, particularly with abuse. I got three adopted kids that are abused like you wouldn't believe. And the safety and protection mechanisms that they use every day are the most extraordinary things I've ever watched to be able to keep them safe, to be able to keep themselves safe and secure. And with that same continual heartbeat of looking and desiring love, it's amazing how they will adopt and adapt things looking and and just crawling into that need for love. It's just amazing. My own self was booze, and I've shared this a million times. Like my want and need and desire for love at the end of the day uh, got so strung out and crazy that booze ended up, you know, filling all those dark little cracks and corners of blame and lack of introspection and lack of honesty and lack of uh, really taking on the pain in my life or the things that have happened to me. So booze covered it all. But it's only temporary, so your blame is only temporary, your mechanism you find to cover all that shit is temporary, which is why looking in the mirror is the best possible way to go. When you adopt a unit of awareness, a unit of consciousness, you are saying that we are all alike that we all face and go through the same thing. It is much easier at that point to find forgiveness. It is much easier at that point to receive and give love. It is much easier at that point to know that your history is not your present. It is much easier to at that point that circumstances will not define who you are and that guilt and shame can go flush themselves down the, down the toilet, the spiritual toilet. Did you know there's a spiritual toilet? So I want you to adopt that. I want you to be able to look at the people, place, or thing that we just discussed, whoever you named, and what they did, and how they did, and how you're blaming right now. And I want you to be able to clearly understand at some level they're just like you. That they're operating in ego, they're operating in fear, they're operating in guilt and shame, And but they're also operating on that premise, man, that they desire and want and need love. They desire, they want, and need love. Most people that I find... Uh, That are highly oppositional and defensive, right? Or just afraid. They're scared as hell. You know? Put a wild animal in the corner and watch what it does, right? Some will cower, like a rabbit will cower. You know, whereas a raccoon will come out and fight. You know? Both of them desiring one thing. Safety and protection and love. So there's a unit of consciousness, there's a unit of attentiveness, there's a unit of awareness that you must have to help you be rid of the blame game as you look into the mirror and introspect it introspection the unit of awareness or unit of consciousness for the record and, and, and I you know I, I grab some stuff from the inner interweb, innerwebs just so you know what I'm talking about. Um, This is... uh, Here, let me read this to you. It says... um, Adopt a more unitive consciousness. We are we are all the same, fighting the same stuff. Fear, ego, anger, addictions, and the need to be loved. The most compelling is that we simply are not used to thinking of ourselves as consciousness. And yet, in a un- and yet the unitive is an event that happens in consciousness, and consciousness is really who we are. Did you follow that? And not these customs we're wearing. So, you know, the identity is blame, right? The blame just feels good. The blame gives cause to how we can stay safe and secure and upright while not moving forward. So the unit of consciousness gives us this idea that we're we're all kind of firing in the same way. And when we fire in the same way, all of a sudden, real quickly, it does become our damn problem, how we take things in and keep them. We need to adopt a non-dual stance. In spirituality, non-dualism, also called non-duality, means not two or one undivided without a second. Non-dualism primarily refers to a mature state of consciousness in which the dichotomy of I, other, is transcended. And awareness is described as centerless and without dichotomy. Dichotomies. In other words, we're dropping opposition from the blame game. We're dropping just the simple idea that we're going to fight. We're dropping the idea that somebody else, even though they did a heinous damn thing to us or something wrong or betrayed us or or some ungodly thing happened in their lives. And believe me, my life is full of them. Give me an hour and I'll break down a couple, four or five great stories for you that will go, holy crap, let's go kill that guy, right? You got them too. But in a non-dual stance, we're standing open. We're taking a real solid look at who we are. Because we don't want to hold opposition back to the world. Because when we hold the opposition back to the world, when we hold the defensive back to the world, what we're doing is we're just creating a real false sense of what is. Because we want to introduce love. We want to introduce love. And love does things like forgive. Love does things like reconcile. It doesn't mean you got to be somebody's best damn friend and hang out with them after they hurt you. It doesn't mean that. It just means that we are dropping the idea of I. We're dropping the idea of I in lieu of this wonderful reflection of all of us unitively on the same planet under the same guises, stresses, and modes of trying to desire and find love. What with humans, that gets real jacked up and screwed up. So the blame game is real. So I'm asking you to look in the mirror today. Back after four months. (laughs) Thanks for cheering me up, JR. The single greatest thing about looking in the mirror and holding yourself in some introspection, contemplation, To be able to truly fire on the things that are going on in you is it's going to give you the opportunity to emote, to feel, to feel sorrow and sadness, to feel anger and fear, to be able to emote them out loud, hopefully with another person, because that's the way we got to do this. When we're not doing the blame game, when we're not cheerleading somebody else's demise or something's demise... There's only one other place to go. And that's into the hand of love. The essence of love. And the essence of love is going to create life and joy and peace in you. And not opposition and more fear and more guilt and more shame. And more I can't. And more I wish I would have not. And Ultimately at the end of the day, the mirror that you look in is love. The mirror you look in is the divine, and the divine doesn't have it out for any of us. The divine simply wants you to create a life that is vortex in love, forgiveness, empathetic understanding, a unit of consciousness, a non-dual stance back into the world. So we're not so red and blue, so we're not so black and white. So we're not so let's kick his ass, but we're let's build each other up. Do I sound like a John Lennon song yet? Perhaps. But this is Transformation 101. Transformation 101 is looking in the mirror, cleaning, clearing your side of the street. Being able to be honest with yourself long enough to know that it is your problem. And that without any course correction, you become bitter and angry or, God forbid, more addicted or lonely or dependent on people, places, and things. And I'm urging us into the greatest power uh, of the universe, which is love. And you all know what I'm talking about because I know you all have people that love you and you love them. So look in the mirror. It's your problem. It's your fault. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not saying that it's your problem how you take it in and how you hold it and how you spit it back to the world that's your work that's your work what are you spitting back into the world as a result are you cheerleading demise or are you holding to the foundations of love okay these aren't this isn't mystery science theater you know, there's real practicality in what I'm talking about it's not so esoteric that I'm losing you Because the blame game is real, and I know you've got those people, places, and things in your mind that you're already thinking about right now. All right, I'm JR Man, J-R-M-A-H-O-N, J-R-M-A-H-O-N. If you need me, I'm right here. You can text me, you can call me, you can email me. If you've got something that's bugging the shit out of you, broken relationships, a dream that's on fire that you want to kind of collect and hold again, a faith, a journey in a faith, an intimacy that you want to know with God— Um, I'm all about it, and I would be more than happy to help. Um, Again, jr at jrman.com. I love you. It's great to be back. I will definitely talk to you next week. Mark my words. Want to know more about the Retreat Center? You can call me, too, and we'll get you booked in. Until then, good people, I love you. I really do. Like a lot.